changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with an exciting new topic for today's podcast. It's Friend Friday, and today I am so pleased to bring back my good friend, Kelly Sullivan Walden, who is one of the world's leading experts on dreams and how we can use them to improve our lives. Kelly Sullivan Walden has made two books with Chicken Soup for the Soul. The first was our Dreams and Premonitions book in 2015. And now we have a brand new one that just came out this week, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Dreams and the Unexplainable. And Kelly has also written for us outside of our Dreams books, and she actually has a story in our most recent book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Kind of America. She is the author of many best-selling books about dreams. And she also has recently become the Dear Abby of Dreams because she answers inquiries from people worldwide in her monthly column in First for Women magazine. Actually, it's more than monthly. I think that magazine comes out every three weeks. So it's something like 17 issues a year where Kelly is the dream expert. She's a nationally recognized expert on dreams, and she has appeared multiple times on big national shows like The Dr. Oz Show, The Real, Coast to Coast AM, Hallmark's Home and Family. So, Kelly, I think you've already been on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast something like four times, and I just can't get enough of these stories. So welcome back. Thank you so much. I can't get enough. I love listening to your show, and I love the honor of being a guest on your show. Yeah, we have so much to talk about because I know I've used so many stories from our first Dreams book. I've used so many of them on the podcast over the past year and a half that I've been doing the podcast. And there are just so many, there's so many great <laughs> topics in these books. So today we're going to talk about one of those topics. We're going to talk about how people use dreams to make medical diagnoses that even eluded their doctors. Kelly, you want to start with Lynn Darman's story since we we both uh, met her at Dr. Oz? I know. It was so wonderful to get to meet her and be on the show. She's got an amazing story, one of those stories that makes you cry and gives you goosebumps. She talks about being so excited to have her baby, and she knew she was having a baby girl, and she gives birth to her, and everything's lovely and fine. She's She's nursing her one day as she's a newborn and she looks in the mirror across the room and she thinks that she, her eyes might be playing tricks on her, but she sees a see-through sheet and she's blinking and she's like, what was that? And it gave her really sick to her stomach, kind of a feeling, like a feeling of foreboding. And she all of a sudden just had a knowing that something was, something was not right with her daughter, even though all signs, all outward signs were that she was fine. And this feeling just kept persisting. And it was just this strange image that she had. There was nothing else, but she went to the doctor and she, the, the doctor did some cursory checking of the baby out. And they said, your daughter looks completely healthy. She's fine. And, and Lynn refused to leave. She said, I, I know there's something wrong with my baby. And and the story goes on and on, but she basically, they think she's got postpartum depression because she's being so morbid, thinking there's something wrong with this beautiful, healthy baby. 
and they're, you know, about to kick her out. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the doctor comes into the room and says, I, I know that sometimes women or any people get a hunch or have a dream or have a vision about something that may, with the instruments may not be able to perceive. So I need you to help me. If we're going to find out what's wrong with your daughter, I need you to at least tell me where we should explore. I mean, this is a newborn. You can't go poking around too much at a newborn. So Lynn calms herself down and she, and she checks in with her intuition and she looks at her daughter and she suddenly knows it's in her abdomen. It's in her stomach area. So the, the doctor does some probing and he, he opens the baby up. He finds out that sure enough, she had a blockage in her intestine. They called it a ne necrotic intestine. It was shut down. They had to remove a large portion of her intestine and there was no outward sign of this at all. And this could have led, led to her early death. So um, this was an amazing story of, of Lynn Darman being connected to that other than ordinary consciousness that beyond the five senses sense that saved her daughter's life and no, none of the doctors except for the one doctor that gave her a chance um, could have perceived it. So it was pretty amazing. And, and then what, what was really cool, Amy, was when we were on the show, they said, oh, and your daughter is here with us in the audience. And I was expecting her to be a baby, but she's this 20-something-year-old, bright, shiny, young woman. And so it's all these years later, and she's thriving. And, and Lynn says that she never again, after that happened, did she have any other morbid visions or, or um, negative, scary visions. So it was really just that one, and it was legit. Yeah, Dr. Oz was fascinated by that, which is why he had you on the show. And then Lynn, and we didn't know Lynn, but as soon as we met Lynn, we said to Lynn, okay, you've got to give us that story for the next Dreams book that we do together. Because <laughs> that's how we Absolutely. are, right? We're always looking for those new stories. Yeah, I feel like a curator. I'm going around my life, always listening for stories like, ding, 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 that'll make a great story for the next book. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, isn't it upset. funny? I'm always making people give me their stories. Now, there was another great story, Dr. Dream. It was story 58 in the book. And it was another case where a family member diagnosed oh. a loved one and came up with a diagnosis that the doctor's had missed. So let's talk about this one, yeah. Dr. Dream by Emily Rush. Oh my goodness. This one is, this one is stunning. She talks at the beginning of her story about having such a lucky life, having um, everything being kind of so perfect and having a sense, wow, why did I get so lucky when nothing, nothing bad ever happens to me. And maybe at some point something will, she hears that Somebody told her, well, if something bad happens to you, it'll make you stronger. She said, well, we'll see. In the meantime, she just enjoys her life. But one day she wakes up and she's got a swollen shoulder and she's, and she's, in, some, she's in lots of pain. She's got um, her left arm is purple. She goes to ER. She has a CT scan and it turns out that there's a tumor growing under her chest. It's a clot in her neck and in her lungs. And She's going to ER. She finds out that, that she's got, well, the doctor says that, she, that she's got, it looks like it's cancer, but they don't know which kind. Anyway, her husband wakes up a few days later and out of his mouth, he says, 
he says T-cell lymphoblastic lymphoma. And I don't even know that he, he knew what that was, but in his dream, he had a very specific name for the kind of cancer that his wife had. So they take that, they go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, it actually doesn't look like that kind of um, cancer. It looks like a different kind of lymphoma. It's more of a, a common form of lymphoma. And they start giving her cancer treatment. And the husband, though, is not convinced. And the husband, because he's the one that had this dream, he's insistent and he makes his wife go and have a second opinion. And she doesn't want a second opinion. It's exhausting. She doesn't want to have to go through all of the prodding and all of the all of the poking and all of the stuff she has to go through. But sure enough, because of her husband's persistence, they go to another oncologist and the, the doctor comes back and he says, sure enough, T-cell lymphoblastic lymphoma. And it accounts for only 1% of all the lymphoma. So this is very rare. And there's a totally different kind of protocol than the kind that she would have gotten had her husband not had that dream. And, and then secondly, not acted on that dream. And then cut to present tense. She is cancer-free years later. She's adjusting to post-chemo life. And um, she's so, so grateful. She just says at the end of the story, it's pretty funny. She says, it's great that he had that dream, but I hope that his next dream involves a cruise ship. Because, my God, that was that was quite a hairy experience. But she's alive to tell the tale, which is scary and wonderful at the same time. Yeah, those were two really dramatic examples of a family member dreaming a diagnosis that a doctor never dreamed of. Now we never also dreamed of, and it one in the one percent of yeah. all the different kinds of lymphomas. It's amazing. And T cell lymphoblastic lymphoma does not exactly trip off our lips. If you're not in medicine, you don't like you wouldn't have a dream about that. So I don't know where her husband right. got that. That was amazing. Now there's another kind yeah. of story that we have also, which I think is cool, where a doctor wasn't wrong. It's just that somebody dreams that she's going to have a certain disease and then she gets it, you know, just out of nowhere. So I thought it was really interesting. One example is this story, N Ooh. is for Nightmare by Tamara Goodsell. It's story 60 oh. in the book. Let's talk yeah. about that one because that was so amazing that she predicted her own disease. It's a little scary, but it's a really beautiful, beautiful story. So in her nightmare, she's hanging out on a summer evening with her friend, a former college roommate, and they're wearing shorts and they're lazily lounging about in their shorts. And her friend looks over and says, I don't mean to alarm you. You have something on your leg and you should probably have a doctor look at it. So in the dream, she looks down and there's two four inch long mushrooms sprouting from her ankle. Now dreams like to exaggerate things, but she wakes up from this dream and says, Oh, this is horrible. And she looks down and there's no mushrooms growing out of her ankle, but she does notice that there are these little moles we could say that are a little bit different than the other freckles on her, on her ankle or on her leg. They're not abnormal looking. They're just slightly different, different color, a little bit darker, um, but nothing really too strange about them. So she doesn't think much of it, but it really haunts her. And 
one day she finds out that there's a free clinic um, where they're where they're checking your skin and um, and she goes to this clinic and just goes to check it out and and the doctor says look at these moles and the doctor says oh that's what we call in medical school a nothing that's really just nothing 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 to be alarmed of it's fine it's just what what your skin looks like as you age and um, the woman, she says, but I had a nightmare. This is a Tamara Goodsell says, but I had a nightmare. And the doctor says, oh, really? You had a nightmare. Like that means something <laughs> like go on, be gone with you. So she leaves and a couple times more, she goes to see doctors when she's got a cold or she's got other reason to go see the doctor. And every time anybody looks at it, they say, oh, that's a nothing. And they, they literally use the word. It's a nothing. Finally, it's about a year later, she goes to her family practitioner and she notices that the that those two little spots are growing and they're still not mushrooms like in her dream, but they are growing. Family practitioner takes a look at it, does a biopsy, and sure enough, this what she called the nightmare spot was melanoma. And this is the most dangerous form of skin cancer. And because she was able to catch it, because, I mean, she, she said that she regrets that she didn't take more direct action before, but she was able to get it taken care of without too much, without too many problems, but she caught it. And what she realized in the end was never again would she ask the doctor in like a sheepish way, oh, do you mind doing a second look or because I had a dream about it, she said she would demand that there be some kind of exploratory surgery or some kind of a biopsy. So um, thank God for her nightmare spot because she is also alive and well. And those mushrooms luckily gave, gave her the clue. And then great about dreams. Sometimes they're literal. Sometimes we get kind of a, a very clear printout, almost like a text message, like the lymphoblastoma. <laughs> I can't even pronounce it anymore. But in other, most cases, the dreams are symbolic or they're larger than life and they're a little bit odd. And they, and, and sometimes in the reason why that happens, a lot of people ask me, why are dreams so odd? I say, because they catch our attention and they really leave an imprint. And in this case, Tamara Goodsell is, is doing well. Her cells are doing good, we could say. Mm-hmm. And then we had another one, story 78. Strength in Numbers by Lauren Dyer. And she was only a teenager when she diagnosed her illness. So oh. let's talk about that one because oh. I thought what was cool about that one was that mm. her dream actually helped her prepare for what happened in real life so that when she was diagnosed, she was ready to hear it. She wasn't afraid anymore. So her dream was very proactive and helpful. Yes, and for some reason, this dream i mean this is a this is one of the more simple dreams, but it's this one makes me want to just break down and cry, and part of it might be because um it relates a lot to what's going on with my niece lauren she wakes she's she falls asleep on the bathroom floor she's at home because she's she's eleven years old, and while she's asleep, she has a dream that her family and friends are standing around her. She looks up, but she can't move. And she knows there's something wrong. And she wonders why everyone's looking at her with such worry. But she's unable to speak. They touch her hands. She sees her dad crying. Mom covering her mouth and her grandmother praying. 
and all she can do is look at look up at them and she knows there's something going on and and when she's found asleep on the floor her parents obviously know there's something wrong this isn't okay and they keep her home from school they give her lots of Gatorade they do all the things that you do when a young person is is ill but none of these things help her to get better and she finally goes to the hospital and she's tested for every type of disease possible and they finally diagnose that she in fact has type 1 diabetes. Now people think type 1 and type 2 diabetes are one and the same but I'm one of those people that happens to know personally that they are the same. Type 1 diabetes, either kind of diabetes you have is serious but type 1 diabetes is if you don't you have to you have to do multiple injections a day of insulin you have to check your blood the health risks are so immense for a young person to have this going on it's it's devastating devastating to the family so lauren is laying there in the hospital bed and she looks around and she sees kind of a similar scenario as what was in her dream and in some strange way it calms her down and it gives her a sense of like, oh, I got a preview of coming attractions. This, this, must, I must be okay. And in the next, in the days that follow, it's over the holidays, and she has family and friends all come in and surround the bed and bring her gifts. And she knows that she's as she's learning about how to treat her disease and how to live with it, and how so many people are able to live with it. She begins to get an optimistic feeling about this, and. The story ends with the family and everyone surrounding her, but this time, instead of being so sad, there's hope and joy and gratitude as she looks around at everybody. And it's a new version of that dream, but very reminiscent of it. And um, and she's okay. What where the worry was replaced with understanding and and compassion and hope. Yeah. Wonderful. So those are four examples of amazing medical stories. From our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Dreams and the Unexplainable. Um, Kelly, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today to talk about this. Now, our listeners can learn more about you at kellysullivanwalden.com. And you can also follow Kelly on Facebook, where she is Kelly Sullivan Walden, Dr. Dream, with Dr. spelled out. Or on Twitter or Instagram, she is Kelly S. Walden. So, Kelly, thank you. Thank you, Amy. This is such a pleasure to make this book with you. It's, it's, no matter what's going on in the world, when you read A Chicken Soup for the Soul book or you immerse yourself in it, you always have hope and gratitude no matter what's going on. So thank you so much once again for letting me be a part of this book. And I want to thank everybody who's listening today for joining us. I hope you'll visit our website and check out this new book. Just go to chickensoup.com, click on podcasts, click on the book cover that you'll see. You'll see more about the book. You can even read a list of tips that we drew from the stories. And you can find the book everywhere right now. It's brand new. It's at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, your local independent bookstore in Canada. It's at Chapters Indigo Stores. It's at Costco Canada. In both countries, it's at Walmart, it's at Rite Aid, it's at Target, it's at Kroger, it's at Amazon, it's wherever (laughs) else books are sold. And come back Monday for more inspiration. We're going to talk about a way to stop wasting your emotional energy with a couple of stories that serve as a reminder to get all the facts before you get upset with people. 